Hi everyone, Duncan Fletcher here and welcome back to the PADS Athlete Development Podcast Series. We're happy to have with us today the CEO of Aura Health, the makers of the Aura Ring, Harpreet Rai. Harpreet's going to have a conversation with us today about the power of obtaining transformative personal data to help drive your personal performance. During my conversation with Harpreet, we touch on everything from COVID-19 to the importance of data confidentiality amongst athletes, some of the unique and cutting edge research that they've done based on the data that they've collected, some of the unique technology that's contained within the Aura Ring that makes it different and more effective than other competing products. And then I think one of the other interesting things we get into is the value of the Aura Ring to athletes and the staffs of those organizations that work with athletes. I'd like to take a moment too to thank Aura and Harpreet for their support of the 2021 Athlete Development Summit. I found this conversation to be particularly interesting and informative and I hope you do too. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. The PADS Athlete Development Summit podcast series is extraordinarily fortunate to have Aura Health as a sponsor this year. Founded in 2013, Aura Health is the company behind the health tech wearable, the Aura Ring, which provides actionable insights on sleep and its impact on your overall health. It's used by top performers across a variety of industries, including the NBA, the WNBA, NASCAR, UFC, and more. And in fact, I've got one on my finger which I had before Aura even thought about sponsoring pads. I can tell you one thing for sure, it's definitely helped me align my sleep, which was an absolute car wreck. The Aura Ring delivers personalized readiness and activity and sleep insights automatically to the Aura app, providing wearers with practical steps for long-term improvement. I can attest to that. The Aura Ring is not a medical device and is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, monitor, or prevent medical conditions or illnesses. For more information, I'd urge you to check out AuraRing.com. And on behalf of PADS, we thank you for your sponsorship of the PADS Athlete Development Summit podcast series. Hi, everyone. Duncan Fletcher here for the PADS podcast series. Very fortunate today to have the CEO of Aura Health with us, the maker of the Aura Ring, Harpreet Rai. Welcome, Harpreet. Duncan, thanks for having me on the show. Man, we're pleased to have you. We're going to dive right in here. Um, and as you well know, you've been living it. The, the pandemic has wreaked absolute havoc on sport. But your company has played a pretty significant role in helping to come back online. You guys have worked with the NBA, the MBPA, UFC, NASCAR. But for those that maybe aren't familiar with what you guys are doing, maybe you could talk a little bit about what Aura Health is and the Aura Ring and what they do. Yeah. Um, look, so I think, uh, you know, Aura Health, you know, really, and, and the Aura Ring, right, it's, it's our, our, our only product. Um, you know, we exist really to empower people to own their potential. And, and to us, that means, right, like ownership, this idea of like putting health back in your own hands, right, understanding your own body, um, right, what's going on with it, um, and then how, you know, what you can do, your potential, right, everything that you can do, you know, better health, you know, helps you get there, right? So whether you're an athlete, Right. And you're trying to set, you know, a new PR, right, whether it's in the gym, on the field, whatever it may be, um, or a student in the classroom or, you know, even a mom. Right. Or, or a stay at home dad just with their kids. Right. There's lots of stress. Your you know, best health you can have is going to help you do any of those things, uh, no matter what it is. So I think um, that that's really why we exist and why we created the Aura Ring um, so people can better understand their health and live the best lives that they want to live. And actually, I mean, that's a great point. You know, everyone wants to kind of perform at peak regardless of who you are. And I think what's interesting with your company is that you guys have over the last 18 months, and again, correct me if I'm wrong here, you've raised an additional $100 million in venture funding. You've sold over 350,000 rings. You're making huge inroads into the world of sport. 
and you're the CEO, I believe over the last three years, how has using your own product helped you manage what I can only manage, imagine as some sort of form of controlled chaos? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, I wouldn't even say controlled chaos, you know, it definitely feels at times uncontrolled chaos, which, which also makes it fun. Um, so I would say, look, like, you know, my own health journey, you know, I, I was super into sports as a kid. I'm, I'm five foot five. So, you know, football and basketball were sort of out from, I don't want to say day one, but definitely, you know, day freshman year at high school. Um, but uh, I think, um, you know, unfortunately I wasn't that good. So I, I actually got cut from the soccer team um, my junior year. That was really like when I dug in, you know, never give in, never, never, never give in, right? Like you have behind you uh, that Winston Churchill quote, that was me. Um, you know, I ended up working so hard and eventually started most of the games the year after. Went to a big public high school, 3,000 kids. Um, and, you know, I think for me, health and performance at that time, grades didn't matter. Luckily, I was, I was okay, good at school in certain subjects, uh, you know, more naturally um, and, you know, math and science. And then, you know, but, but to me, soccer was my potential. It was like, oh, you know, I just want to start. I want to score goals. I just want to play. That's how I fit in, right? I, I'm Sikh. I, I went to, you know, public high school in, in Bridgewater, New Jersey, mainly Caucasian. You know, I look different. So sports is my way of fitting in. And so, you know, when I got cut, it was like, man, I felt like I just don't belong anymore. Um, and, and, you know, for me, my potential then was that right was sports. That's how I identified now you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, in my late thirties, um, you know, getting closer to 40 and it's, it's all about now I need to be here for my team, right. I need to be able to make, you know, good decisions, balanced decisions, um, right. I need to be able to think through multiple iterations. There's so many things that are happening in our company. You know, I only know a few percent of them anymore, which is great, um, you know, because we have awesome people here that, that are that are doing it. But but, you know, when presented with, you know, certain information, being able to be there and make a decision to help keep guiding the company, you know, that that's my potential now. Right. Or even being there for my parents. You know, my, my parents are getting older and need to be around to take care of them. Um, right. So I think it's 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 that's that's my potential. And better health helps me do that. Right. Better sleep, better health, you know, helps me helps us be better leaders. Um, we had an executive team summit last week and all of us were, you know, checking in like we do our readiness scores every day. And we're like, you know what? Tonight we got to have an early dinner, guys. Like we just got to get to bed early. We've been, you know, up here, at, you know, starting work every day, at, you know, 8 a.m. Like we all need a little bit more of a break. We've been burning the midnight oil. So um, it, it definitely helps, you know, whatever your potential is, whatever your line of work it is, whatever is important to you in your life. Um, you know, better health helps you literally helps it all go better. Well, 100%. I was going to actually ask you that if you guys had sort of a ritualized approach of checking in every morning with your staff, like, Harry, hey, where's everybody at? How are we going to do this? Uh, you know, Johnny, you're going to have to take a breather. Sally, you know what? You're going a little harder. I'm just curious. Is that is that some of the dialogue that have a lot, happens internally with you guys? All my meetings, you know, people don't have to, um, but I share mine. I just start sharing mine and you start finding people share it. So we, we share a readiness, sleep and activity score, three scores in that we're at. And then I actually, you know, tell people like, what did we do that helped or hurt it? Um, that's actually the important part. It's like not just the data, but what moves the data. And so it was like, okay, last night, you know, today I'm writing a score 81. I think I sleep 86. I went to bed at 10 o'clock last night um, uh, and, and actually fell, fell asleep. Funny enough, talking about sports, watching Ted Lasso. Someone's like, you got to watch this. Turned it on. I was so tired. Just passed out right away. Um, uh, but, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, for me, it was like I already wanted to do that. Didn't want to go meet someone else last night. Wanted to take it easy, right? Knew knew that actually, like, hey, I, I you know need to recover from that you know tough week at work. Um, 
And, you know, so what, what we do is we share our scores with each other. Um, you don't have to, but it's just if you're, you know, open to it. And then you talk about sort of what helped or what hurt you. And I think it's that part. Then you start seeing, oh, well, we have someone who's like, I've really been finishing all my meals by 5 p.m. You know, you know, that's having a huge impact actually on how I sleep. Don't eat late anymore. Feel better the next day. Get more done. Um, you know, we have someone else who's like training for like a, you know, half marathon. And it's like, now, you know. Like I'm, I'm, you know, probably putting in too many miles, uh, getting ready for this thing. You know, I'm going on like three hour runs after work and I'm like running till 9 PM and then my heart rate's jacked all night. So I think, um, uh, you know, it's, it's really cool to hear that and hear how people like, you know, are understanding their own health and bodies. Like, you know, what moved the data, um, right. And Absolutely. Behavior. So I'm that, probably not doing it. I'm probably not using it right. So I actually uh, got one for myself and got one for my wife. And this is before, you know, Aura was even getting involved with, with, with pads and we used to get up and check our scores together and I would just blame her for my, my poor sleep. Cause I'm just like, you know what, you need to stop thrashing around. And of course she sleeps like she's dead. So she's like, that's just not accurate. But anyway, <laughs> that's our ritual is every morning we get up and there's sort of a blame game going back and forth, but that's a whole other conversation, which I'll, which I'll spare you Harpreet. Yeah, um, no, I think, you know, and people on the, on the team could probably do the same with me. Like, Oh, well I was up working late on this. And, and that's why I think if you start talking about like, well, or no, what's worked for you, right? Even even if it is what's hurting you, okay, cool. Well, that's not sustainable. Let's change that, right? So turn it into the like, what can we do to make a better game? Um, and I think that that definitely helps a ton. Absolutely. And I think uh, one of the things I really wanted to ask you is that you guys as, as a company place a heavy emphasis on the importance of sleep and, and heart rate variability and resting heart rate. But again, all typically through the lens of sleep. And I was wondering, A, is that sort of an accurate assessment? And then why is why is that the primary emphasis of what you guys are measuring, and, and how does that impact the overall uh, personal health when you're looking at that that through that sleep lens? Yeah, you know, I think it, it's a great question. I think for us when we started, you know, if if I sort of said, "Hey, Duncan, you need to be healthier," right? Like, you know, or if I said this to anyone, you know, what, so what what can you do? Most people would be like, "Well, I can eat better, right? I can work out more, right? I could, you know, maybe be like less stressed somehow, meditate um, or something, right?" Uh, and, or, or I can sleep better, right? I think those are sort of like people think, you know, things they can do uh, to be healthier. I think for us, the, the reason why we focused on sleep is if you actually look at the science of sleep, um, you'll actually, it, it, it's so important. Like everything from your natural killer T cells that fight cancer to heart attacks, there's, there's actually great research in a study. Matthew Walker talks about this quite a bit. He's a sleep professor at Berkeley and, and is our chief science advisor. Turns out on daylight savings, like when they change a clock forward or back, heart attacks go up by like 20% just because wow. of that day, you know, just because like, hey, you're, you know, it stresses your body when you start going to bed at an inconsistent time. Um, and so, or waking up at a, at, an, at a different time drastically. So I think if you, if you look at like literally all your memories are formed in your sleep. So REM sleep, for example, um, your brain actually plays back memories from the day at three times the speed to help you, you know, repetition, help you remember. And so whether it's your learning, your physical body, your testosterone, you know, all your muscle repair, all of that is actually released and restored in your sleep, um, right? Your brain, you know, your immune system, things that fight off cancer or the common cold. Um, I think it's, it's literally all of this happens in your sleep. And so, you know, diet, um, definitely super important, right? And activity, very important. And even, you know, stress, um, is important. And, and all these things work better together, right? If you actually eat better, 
um, you're going to sleep better, right? And if you exercise more, you're going to sleep better too. So they're all related. And if you sleep better, then you're going to have more energy to exercise the next day. And, you know, even you're not going to crave as poor quality food. Um, there's, there's a whole hormonal science with leptin and, and, and ghrelin that we can get into. So I think for us, we just sort of looked at sleep's the foundation of your health. Um, you know, so many companies were focused on activity, on focused on diet, focus on mental health. And we're, we're starting to expand in all those areas too. Um, but we wanted to start with sleep. We just felt like if you look at the data any given night now, people are sleeping less than six hours. It's having a huge impact on all these things in your life. You're going to have a worse workout. You're going to feel in a worse mood, right? You're going to you know, probably get more likelihood to get sick. You, you know, you're not going to be able to recover um, from the hard workout or the hard day at work you had before. And so we just, we just felt like, you know, why not start there? Um, and then, you know, start to have that be our focal and our strength. This is before other wearables were tracking sleep too. Um, you know, Apple watch still doesn't really track sleep. And so I think we were like, you know what, let's focus on that and then start to branch out. So we're doing more on activity. Now we have a meditation mode, uh, eventually maybe one day, you know, we can, we can help get a diet, but even with diet, you know, so many of our users tell us like, Hey, when I eat earlier, I start to see how much that improves my sleep quality and how I perform the next day. So we're seeing all, you know, I think we're already starting to expand, but, but that's, you know, why we started sleep. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and, and I can attest to that, that eating late kills you. But yeah. I've also talked to numerous um, uh, psychologists that say the primary vector for a lot of illness is is just poor sleep. So it's interesting to hear that you guys are really driving into that world uh, yeah. and, and kind of owning it, I would say, so far. Um, from your perspective, you know, looking at the sport world in particular, uh, which is where our, you know, our world, um, our world lives is these athlete development specialists. We've seen a ton of sports organizations and individual athletes comes to uh, come towards you. I'm just curious, why do you think they're now, like, what is the primary driver for, for athletes wanting to utilize aura rings? I'm just, yeah. from your perspective, you're looking at that. Why, what is the primary driver and, and what is the difference say between that? and an Apple watch or whatever the case may be. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So I, I would say really the primary driver we've seen is like, again, to, you know, I just talked about before, like what moves the data to an athlete? The data is how fast I'm running my 40. What is my free throw accuracy, right? Like what, you know, what, what's going to be actually my, you know, yards after catch or, you know, like wh whatever it may be, right? Um, what's my speed time around the track, right? How, how did I, you know, shave off a quarter of a second on each, on each lap today in spa, right? Um, and so I think you can measure all of that, but then I think now the same thing we're seeing from the best S and C coaches and the best organizations is actually, well, what moves that data? What are the inputs to better performance? What's going to get that faster time on the track? What's going to get that faster time on the field, right? Um, what's going to get that better, you know, QB accuracy rating. And people are starting to realize, holy cow, you know, if you sleep better, you perform better, right? Um, you know, all the things we talked about physically, right? Like you're going to be able to actually recover faster. You're going to be able to push yourself harder in that game, in that workout. Um, and so the way that we see most SNC coaches, most sports teams using that data is one, they're teaching that to athletes. And then most of the time they're sitting there with the athletes on the field, on the court, right? Whatever it may be. And they can, you know, go over play, go over technique, go over a route, go over a turn, right? And that's where it ends, right? They leave the building. That's it. And so now it's like, no, let's go that step further. Let's figure out the inputs that move the data the next day, right? That get you that better performance. And so I think they finally realize that, holy cow, you know, sleep and recovery is so, you know, is really what happens off the court. And we need to teach the athletes. So first of all, it's just like, let's empower them. We started learning this stuff. Here's the most accurate device out there that tracks it. Here you go. Um, and then I think, you know, that's how they're starting to use that data. Like we see them 
oh, wow. All right. We had an away game. We traveled X amount of Z. You know, NBA has the most amount of flights in the shortest amount of time weeks wise out of any of the seasons, right? Them and baseball. Um, they also have the most injuries. Um, most people don't realize actually have a greater percentage of NBA players out um, for games during the season than any other sport out there. Coincidence? I don't know. They travel the most. That's it's interesting. Definitely. I didn't know yeah. that. That's really yep. interesting. Yeah, over twenty percent of NBA, you know, players basically will get injured during any given season. It's 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 crazy. It's more than football. Um, wow. and more than yeah. football. Now that's a counterintuitive. Uh, I super counterintuitive. super counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah, but if you do, you know, seventy games and whatever it is, thirty weeks and half, or you know, so so you're talking like you know, thirty five games, right, in thirty weeks on the road. You know, you're you're averaging a game and a quarter, or more like two two games, given the All Star break and stuff, right? Two games on the on the road a week almost. Um, like every other week. Um, and so that just wears on an athlete, just like it wears on a normal person at the yeah, desk. No yeah. So I think, um, I think, um, you know, the lack of sleep and injury, um, super correlated, lack of sleep and free throw accuracy, you know, anything it is, um, lack of sleep and you're going to do poor on, on even an exam sitting at a desk. Um, so I think, um, you know, I think that's why SNC coaches are starting to wake up to it. Holy cow. This could be the single biggest thing that gives our players a, a leg up. And, they're starting to incorporate in training. So we've now we've now seen teams that realize like, oh, wow, we're flying from here to here. Everyone checks in on their sleep score and readiness score. People are feeling like, crap, let's not do that 7 a.m. practice or walkthrough, right? Let's start at 1 p.m. Or we've even heard this from another team, you know, national team. I'm not going to say, you know, which sport, but it's it's in Europe. It's played more in Europe than it's played in the U.S. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Um, uh, so there's more than two sports, I'd argue, um, there there, but, um, or three, um, but, um, keep people guessing, but they were like, you know what? We found out if we just stay the night in the city, when we travel as a team, everyone's able to actually perform so much better the next day. Um, like versus flying back late at night, you know, um, and, uh, that, that's something that they, or early in the morning. And that's something that they discovered. Um, and so that changed, you know, how the team recovers, how they practice, um, and we're, we're seeing, you know, football as an example, um, you know, offensive line, they're on the ton, you know, on the field ton, like they start to see they're hurting, their readiness scores are hurting. Hey, let's, let's take it easier on practice on Monday and Tuesday with them. Let them recover, have a hard day Wednesday, you know, let them recover Thursday, Friday for the game, you know, on Saturday or Sunday, depending, you know, college or pro. So I think, um, I think that's, that's what we're starting to see. Um, they're using it, they're incorporating their training. They're seeing certain, you know, certain players are, are, you know, it's sort of the bottom decile of the group. Like, Hey, what can we do to really help them? Uh, we had one NBA team, a center found out, you know, that he had sleep apnea. Um, he, you know, his data was always worse than everyone else on the team. And, you know, they were like, Hey, you know, why don't we go get you checked? Do you, you know, are you this height? Are you this weight? Are you this BMI? Do you snore a lot? You know? Uh, and the answer was like, yes, yes, yes. All right, let's go get you checked for sleep apnea. Turned out he had sleep apnea. You know, he got a CPAP machine, lost 20 pounds and he, you know, ended up having an amazing season the last two seasons. So, um, I think, um, you know, MVP quality type season. So I think, um, uh, I think, you know, that this data is empowering, right? Again, it's sort of like, this is all the input that goes on the stuff on the court or in the gym. And, uh, and, and that's how, you know, coaches are using us. I think the reason they're not using Apple watches or other devices, um, you know, and, and I'll get into the COVID side too, cause that, that definitely helped. I'll get into that in a sec, the other way that they're using us, but, um, you know, really, I think, um, Apple watch doesn't really track sleep. You know, Fitbits uh, started tracking sleep. Um, I want to say it was like 2017 or 2018. Um, you know, we have more research out showing our accuracy. We just published something actually about a month ago uh, with over a thousand nights of data in a sleep lab compared against Oura Ring and, you know, talked about our algorithms. And it showed, you know, we're more accurate than the other 
commercially available, you know, you know, wearable for sleep staging, sleep accuracy, sleep onset and wake. And so I think, you know, if people in this industry and even the military and others, whatever it is, you know, people want the best. And I think luckily our, our data shows that. Um, and a lot of that comes from the ring form factor itself, like why it's a ring in the first place. Uh, but I'll, I'll pause there. I know I just talked for quite some time. Well, yeah, you just threw you threw a bunch at me and now I've got like a whole bunch more questions. But I guess one of the things that, you know, jumped out of me what you were just saying, and I was going to get into the uh, into the into the COVID side. But I was just going to ask, you, even though you listed a bunch of three things that I had one counterintuitive finding there is what what surprised you in terms of the data that's come out of working with athletes? Is there anything you've been like, wow, I didn't see that coming? I mean, the counterintuitive finding on injury, I think is really interesting. But I'm just curious, is there anything else that's really sort of popped out at you that oh wow I didn't I didn't expect to see that at at this level I uh I would say the lack of education on this topic um so you meet you know athletes and and their whole lives like you know they're coached on like how exactly to make that play how exactly to hit that ball you know how exactly to line up again you know get your you know the right position if you're an offensive lineman even if you're smaller than the guy to be able to hold them or push them right to make that that room for for your running back um, all of that, you know, so little spent on off the court and diet, you know, diet's been talked about more because a lot of times the guys will eat together. Right. Um, and you'll, you'll have access to, you know, nutritionists and stuff like that. But I think it's just more recent that they're starting to realize, you know, the industry as a whole is like sleep's important. And, um, I think, um, I just think it's, it's something that, you know, you're not really taught in high school in middle school in college. And so you get to the pros and it's like, you know, you just sort of, these people are the best of the best. So it's just, you know, and most of the time you're always spending, you know, doing a drill, looking at film. Right. Um, and not, not really breaking down into sort of sports science as a whole or the human body. And so I think, you know, if anything, maybe mobility, you know, things like that, that they'll get into with the human body and kinetics, but uh, kinesiology, but, but not really into, Hey, how the human body actually works and recovers and performs its best. So I think that's, that's just, that's just new. The industry's you know, it's cool to see it happening. Um, and I think that that was just surprising to me. I remember That's meeting funny. some MVPs and they're just like, you have no idea. Like if I knew this 10 years ago, how much better of an athlete, like, you know, I won also like, like I was rookie of the year, but if I, you know, if I had known like how much this matters, you know, I think I, I could, I could have gone even longer, um, you know, and, and been better. So I think it's, it's just, it's just something that hasn't been stressed and now finally starting to. Well, I would agree. You're starting to see that shift and the people that are involved in our organization, that's their primary thrust is that, you know, you got athletes that are in the building for three hours a given day. What's going on the other 21? And, and yeah. that's kind of where our folks come in. And I think obviously your point is well taken that there's a lot, you know, being a professional athlete isn't a moment to moment thing. It's a lifestyle. And I think what you're talking about really is supporting that lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, and again, yeah. obviously, in the times that we're living in now, you guys have made a huge impact on helping mitigate COVID. And maybe if you could just kind of outline yeah. how how the Aura Ring has been utilized to to, to address the, the challenges around COVID. Yeah, no, it's look, great question. So I think, um, you know, when COVID happened, actually, I should take a step back. So we have three main scores in our app. We have sleep score, activity score, uh, and something called readiness. Um, the readiness score basically just looks at it's something that's patented, something that we've had patented since 2015. Um, and uh, the, the way that it works is basically we look at your sleep, we look at your activity, both in the last night and the prior two weeks. And then we look at a couple physiological signals from your body. So what was your resting heart rate, you know, relative to its norm? When did your lowest resting heart rate happen during the night? There's some interesting data there. 
what was your respiratory rate? What was your temperature? You know, we were one of the only wearables since day one that's had temperature sensors in it. Um, and, uh, you know, what is your heart rate variability? I think something you had mentioned earlier, just a great sign for stress. And, and so it turns out, you know, every year during the flu season, um, we've always had users like reach out to us and email us saying, Hey, you know, I, I thought my aura ring was off. My readiness score is like a 50 one day, but I didn't even, I didn't feel anything. I saw my temperature was up a degree and my heart rate was jacked a little bit. And then like a day or two later, I'm completely laid out and out of the flu or I'm sick. And so we've heard that every year. And then, you know, I think um, even though that's not something that we intentionally focused on, you know, we focused on all that physiology, um, but not particularly on illness. And then, you know, when COVID happened, you know, we were all like, wow, we're, you know, Apple Watch, Fitbit, Garmin, you know, none of those guys, whoop, none of them have temperature sensors in it. And, you know, it's something on, on the finger that that is so much more helpful. You know, it as you walk outside on a cold day in Vancouver, fingers and your toes get cold first. So it turns out that, you know, your extremities thermoregulate, you know, control the heat in your body. So you can pick up these this really nuanced uh, temperature data, which is so cool. Um, but, you know, during COVID, I, there was one user, a couple of users started emailing us saying the same thing. Wow. Writing a score totally took a hit, found out, got tested. I didn't even feel sick. And then, you know, it turned out I was positive. And, and one user in Finland, actually, he, he reached out and, and wrote something. Actually, he didn't reach out. He just posted on Facebook. He's like, I've had a Nora ring for over a year. Um, you know, he's pretty, pretty good athlete, a really competitive skier has really high HRVs um, for his age that he posted. Um, and he was just like, I thought the, you know, I got an aura ring said I was a 54. I've never gone below an 80. And he was like, you know, my temperature was up a degree, but he's like, I didn't even feel anything. And he's like, I took my temperature, you know, in the morning and, you know, it was fine. But he's like, you know what, let me, let me go get checked and describe himself as asymptomatic, no symptoms. Turns out, you know, he had COVID. And so he wrote this super long post on how he was like, I stayed out of the office. I kept my whole team safe. You know, I had no idea that I had this thing. And then, you know, I think more and more users just started coming forward. And, and, and us now, we're like, you know, like every company, how can we help during COVID? So we took all of our research, you know, dollars that we were going to allocate to things like sleep, things like other, you know, improvements we had going on that we wanted to make even there or, or you know, tracking, you know, doing some stuff on, on you know, activity tracking. And we just were like, you know what, let's study COVID. So we partnered with UCSF. We're the first wearable to actually work with an academic institution and partner partnership with, with UCSF on, on COVID, first wearable to do that during the pandemic. And we had over 70,000 people enroll in our study. And we provided about 3,000 rings to frontline healthcare workers as part of the study because they were going to be in the COVID ward, you know, wards, right, most likely to pick it up. And then, you know, UCSF published something back in December. And what they showed from our data was like what we've been hearing from our users that on average, 76% of the participants saw their you know, significant changes in their aura ring data three days before reporting symptoms. Um, and the other, you know, call it, you know, another 14% saw changes one to two days before they felt symptoms and another 10% um, just saw, saw changes in the aura ring the same day they felt symptoms. So, you know, it's still worst case, it's like, you no, know, we're confirming your symptoms, but it looked like, you know, we're even seeing some changes before you feel symptoms. And so, um, you know, luckily we had two other studies um, that wasn't the only study we, we worked with uh, Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute at West Virginia University. Um, and then we also worked with uh, Texas A&M and DIU Defense in <clears throat> Innovation Unit uh, on another study with soldiers that had over 10,000 soldiers in it. And, you know, they reported basically the same thing that, you know, for them, I think they said on average, it was two days, a little bit more than two days in advance that most most participants saw data change before before they, you know, before they felt any symptoms. And so I think, you know, when we, the MBA reached out to us, they were the first, you know, they were doing, they spend a lot of money on research. They have a whole wearable 
validation committee, they put other wearables through that committee and, and you know, that have failed. Um, but, you know, they looked at our data, they said this thing, you know, they were blown away. And especially for COVID, them being the first to reopen in a bubble, um, you know, they were like, we, we've got to get this for our players and staff in Orlando. And then the same thing uh, at IMG, IMG Academy in Florida for the WNBA. Um, so, you know, we announced that and then, you know, UFC was already getting back. They wanted to make sure that their, you know, fighters are safe and, you know, doing everything they can to keep keep, you know, all the people safe during, during obviously the pandemic and then NASCAR, uh, you know, shortly after and, and a whole other, and, and a bunch of other teams, I think probably feels like almost like, I don't know, half the NFL teams, half the, half the MLB teams, you know, have, have been using aura ring. And so we have a, we have a specific enterprise solution called health risk management, where we just really focus on taking all the data we have using that, the algorithms we've developed in, um, with those researchers in the studies and, and can, you know, send people a personalized notification saying, Hey, Duncan looks like, you know, you may be getting sick. You should go see your, whatever it is, right. Your medic, whatever the, the right, it's personalized. Each enterprise can set up their own message. Um, and, and that way, actually it, it helps with data privacy. The user actually gets the message first. The enterprise just sees anonymized dashboard. They don't know Duncan got sick. They just know, you know, out of their 20 people in the building that day, maybe two people had a risk score above a certain level uh, that they can set. Uh, to trigger that message and then you know people go and make sure that they go get tested um right tell people that hey some something's up my data's off or i don't feel well um so it just ends up you know helping these organizations um you know figure out how to operate during a pandemic yet still you know honoring the person first letting them you know assess how they want to handle the data well that's a great point because i think uh, you know when you talk about athletes and and you know when they're talking about their bodies obviously it's pretty critical that you know they feel that their information is being is being kept confidential uh, yeah. in our world, right? The idea that an athlete's information could get shared with the wrong person could you know hurt them monetarily, and, and maybe you could just pull a little bit uh, a little bit more of that thread on that privacy piece, so that yeah. both our folks understand that the athletes that are using it, or even our folks themselves are using it, understand that you know, what's happening with their data and how it's protected and, and kept totally. confidential. Yeah, so a couple, that's a great question. It's actually something we work with the NBA and NBA PA on to first, you know, get this out there. So, you know, because obviously to your point, like if you knew, you know, Steph Curry only got four hours of sleep before he's playing LeBron, you may not start Steph, you know, but but I always would, uh, by the way. Right. Uh, but, but no, you know, that could have contract time implications. And so what we did is we created this new application, HRM, Health Risk Management. And so what it does is it actually doesn't show any of the underlying data. Um, so, you know, the coach admins and all that stuff, like in the NBA, for example, they didn't, they had no idea when people went to bed, they have no idea what their heart rate was. All we did was just create this risk score, this health risk management, you know, create, that's what, you know, the risk score. Um, and so all that a team would see, or actually, um, the NBA and NBA PA saw was that XYZ team, there's looks like two people have a high risk score today, or 20 people have a high risk score today, you know, so you could almost see if it was, if things were starting to spread, if people more people were starting to show higher risk, and and they use that data to figure out who to test, um, meaning not who to test. I should take you know they, they would see who might be at risk, and then you know the way it works is the player or the staff member when they open their app, they would get that personalized message. Hey, it looks like your risk score is high. Make sure you go see you know whatever the the message was like you know Steve who's you know and right. on the doctor's team or whatever. And it was it still on the individual to comply with that. Without, Absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah. And everything we've done, we've never done anything that's mandatory. Everything's always opt in. 
Um, and, you know, I think we, we wanted to do that. So that way, none of the actual individual metrics of players or staff were being shared with anyone. And that actually, you wouldn't even know who it, who it is. Right. It's like, I don't know that Duncan's sick. I just know someone, you know, on, you know, the Vancouver is Vancouver Canucks. I don't even know. Yeah. Nailed it. There you go. Uh, uh, (laughs) I've been to a Maple Leafs game, just never been to a Canucks game, but, um, so, uh, it was like, Hey, I, I know someone on the Canucks is, is not feeling well. Um, and you know, or someone looks like they're starting to get a higher risk or I should say, um, and, and that way, you know, that organization, you know, would be able to know like, Hey, like if, if you guys don't feel well, check your aura app, you know, if you, you know, let us know. So, you know, you can make sure that we get you an extra test, make sure you're not going to be sick and not have it spread around. And, you know, surprisingly, I think once we, it took some time to explain that, how that worked, how like, no, we're, we don't know if you fell asleep at 2am or 6am or 10pm. Um, and no, we don't know where your heart rate is and we're not going to sit you out because your heart rate is high. We, we can't, the coaches didn't even want to see that data. That was the cool part. We found that like, they don't want to be liable for that either. Um, <laughs> yeah. and that when we're like, I don't want to wear that. Yeah. Yeah. People didn't want to wear that, that, you know, wear that hat. So it was, uh, or make that call. I don't want to make that call. Um, and, uh, you know, so it was cool to just figure out a way our team worked really hard to figure that out. It was really a cool solution by our team, like on an individual, create an overall picture of risk, you know, that way you could see if the whole team is, you know, things are starting to spread. Um, and we just found people come forward, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, my risk score is high, get me a test. Um, and, you know, luckily, you know, I think we, we were able to find a couple of people in a couple of different, you know, enterprises or sports leagues that found out, you know, Hey, I took that extra test. Yeah, it was positive, um, you know, and made sure that, you know, they got better faster um, and kept, kept their, you know, teammates safe. So that's phenomenal. It's been really cool to see that. And I got to imagine that sort of continuing to help boost your business uh, as you're, as you're kind of continuing to go through this pandemic. And I guess we're now in the the fourth wave. I'm sure that yeah, continue to see it being utilized uh, pretty we, heavily. We've seen it, you know, capture vaccinated, you know, vaccination breakthroughs now, um, you know, with Delta, unfortunately, right. It, it is breaking through at a higher rate, um, you know, than previous strains. And so, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, I mean, you know, luckily our, uh, we were able to pivot quickly invest in that. I think having all that data and that history of so many users, you know, um, over the years that have gone sick and be able to see that in the readiness score data. And then to have not just one, not just two, but three studies, independent studies with academic institutions confirm that, um, you know, I think it was, it was really cool to see that, um, all happen. Frankly, I don't think any of us could have predicted, um, that we would have been that good at it. I think we all knew, Hey, you know, there are lots of other wearables have seen that, Hey, this physiology can change. Um, but I think it's the granularity of our data, you know, heart rate and heart rate variability. We're the only wearable that's shown HRV overnight, you know, 99 and 98% correlated to an EKG. Um, so I think that granularity helped plus the temperature data, you know, the other wearables don't have temperature sensors, um, right. You, you wouldn't really see that on the wrist as much as you do on the finger anyway. And right. so it's, it's been so cool to be able to, you know, put that to work and help pe- people understand their health and help keep each other safe. Um, I, I think the, the personal stories have honestly been even more moving. Um, I had a friend, a friend reach out to me. He was like, I was going to see my dad for Christmas. This is last, you know, last year. And his dad is, you know, in his eighties and he's immune compromised, right? He's, he's older and fortunate, not in the best of health. And he was like, you know, he, and he, he's a big MMA guy. He actually, you know, works out a ton at the gym. I won't work out with him because he'll kick my butt. Uh, but, um, but, uh, but I, uh, you know, so we always see each other. I'm like walking out of the gym. He's walking in or vice versa. And, uh, and he gives me a call. Uh, he's like, I got to tell you something. He's like, dude, I do not feel like I'm sick at all. But this, my readiness score dropped 20 points, said my temperature was up. I went and got tested and he was like, 
holy cow, like I wasn't going to get tested, man. But he's like, I know, I know you, I know you, your team's working hard on the stuff. Got tested. He was positive. He was like, if I'd gone home, my dad probably wouldn't have made it at his wow. age. That's and, a great story. Yeah. When you hear something like that, just, you know, you're like, it's, it's crazy. It's an amazing thing for a whole team, right. You know, to hear. And I think realize that like, wow, this is making an impact on, on certain people's lives. That's a powerful insight that you can utilize for sure. Last few questions here. I know we're running out of time here, but I just wanted to ask you, one of the interesting things I saw is you guys had a research study come out of Finland where it actually demonstrated the relationship between anxiety and depression, which are issues obviously in the sport world Yeah, uh, that with the aura ring can actually identify, or, or I guess, I think it was predict, I think it was a terminology or at least sort of as a corollary to anxiety and depression. Is that something that surprised you? And is that something you guys are looking in, into further to see that if there are uh, data markers that can kind of help yeah. predict that? No, I mean, there's so many use cases and ways to use this data. Um, so I think, yeah, we're, we're just getting started on the mental health side. Um, that's not something that really surprised us. I think, you know, when you do look at people who are depressed um, or, or vice versa, I should say, people who are depressed then get treatment, um, you know, even there, like certain types of ther therapy, um, there's, there's a good body on this on EMDR technique for, um, you know, for therapy showing that you'll see significant increases in HRV post really good therapy sessions. So I think certain ind individuals, if they're like, you know, for their age and, uh, you know, well below, you know, sort of average on, on, on whatever it may be, heart rate or heart rate variability, you know, that can, that can definitely be a sign of some type of, you know, health condition, including depression, um, you know, and, and not frequent sleeping times, having a hard time falling asleep, right? And those are all signs of stress and, and, and it, you know, stress, stress can happen in many different forms. So we, we've been investing actually in, excuse me, in, um, in, in a lot of different things that we can do as a company around that. We want to do more research, but we even have now created meditation mode um, where you can actually track your heart rate variability and how much it increases during meditation. Um, after the session. So if you, if you, if we call it moment in the app, if you had a plus button in the bottom, right, you'll see this thing called take a moment. And there's a bunch of different audio tracks, just like, you know, a headspace or calm or these meditation apps that you can listen to. But the cool thing is you can see, see your data. And what we, you know, what we've found in the data is the more often you meditate, um, you'll start seeing like your heart rate get lower and your heart rate variability actually increase. And more importantly, it looks like your heart rate then even will stay lower um, all throughout the night um, and into the next day. And so you, that meditation session is showing us in the data that's having, you know, lasting impact and that it is something that you can get better at and start to learn how to, you know, breathe better, how to, you know, meditate better, how to control your emotions better. Um, and so I think that, that, you know, is super cool to your point on athletes. I mean, it's so prevalent, you know, you're at the highest of highs and lowest of lows, it feels like, you know, especially Olympics, right? Um, so I, th I think, um, yeah, hopefully we can do a lot more there, but, uh, we then also have now introduced something called sleep sounds in the app. So if you open the app in the evening, you'll see it's sort of the, you know, top of the app, like a recommendation for a sleep sound to fall to bed to at night. Um, and we've just even found so many users reaching out to us that use that start to use it all the time, sleep better, more consistently fall asleep, not as stressed the next day. Um, it's, it's been pretty cool to see that. That's great. And I think, it's, and I think, you know, having our people understand that, you know, there's our, there are tools out there that can help athletes identify that is, is, is significant. So that's, that's cool to hear. And that, that there's real data on it, which is even better. I guess the last question I had for you, Harpreet is, you know, looking at uh, where Aura is going, uh, particularly in the sport world, what direction do you think your company is going to continue to go in the sport world? And what do you think is going to happen sort of 
for your company and maybe in, in wearable tech in general, what do you see happening in the sport world? Yeah. I mean, frankly, I think we're just getting started. Um, you know, we still have a lot of other sports, a lot of other countries we'd like to, I, you know, like I said, I was, uh, even day one of high school too short to play any other sport, but soccer basically. So that's a sport I would love to see us, you know, do more in. Um, and I think, um, frankly, you're starting to see this tipping point, I think in the S and C world, I think, you know, as you start to get, you know, younger and younger folks into the system that are starting to learn about this more to, you know, in, in their own education, right. Physiology a little bit more, they're starting to use that. Like, Hey, we can train smarter. We can, you know, be better off the field to be better on the field. Um, and I think, um, we're still seeing that spill over. So I, you know, in the future, I, I hope a hundred percent of teams, you know, are using, using a device like the aura ring to, to help their players be the best they can be and their staff. It's not just, that was the other surprising thing. Everyone ignores the staff, but the staff is just as stressed. I mean, some of these coaches, the amount of pressure that they're under and understanding their own health, right? I think that's that's another thing. And it, and it carries through the whole team, right? If your coach is stressed, your team, all the staff's going to feel it and the team is going to feel it. So I think um, I still feel like we're in the early days. You know, I think there's a lot more we can do. We want to do more research in this. So look out for that. Um, you know, doing specific research with specific teams in sports is, is I think, the next step for us there. Um, and uh, feel like we're just getting started. So um, hopefully, you know, there's other people at the, uh, you know, um, within pads and within ADS, you know, at the summit that you guys got going on that, you know, feel free to reach out to us to learn more. That's phenomenal. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Again, thanks a ton for making the time to chat with us, Harpreet. Again, uh, appreciate your support of the summit. And again, we'll leave it at that. So again, Harpreet Rai from Aura Ring, thank you a ton for being here. Thanks a ton, Duncan. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. And more importantly, we greatly appreciate your support of PADS. We'd also like to acknowledge the support of our global partners for their ongoing support of all of our initiatives, including the Athlete Development Podcast Series. Again, be sure to be on the lookout for information regarding live Q&A sessions. And we urge you to continue to dive deep into all of the different podcasts that we're bringing to you over the coming weeks. Again, thanks for your interest and for your support of PADS.